Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and I am honored to be here with all of you on this episode number 144 of our podcast. Well, the BCU Youth Squad interview is going strong, everybody, and we have got part three coming up, and you certainly do not want to miss this. So please go ahead and take this time to get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blend Encourages You is coming to you with BCU Youth Squad member Kiara Hannon and part three of our talk around movies, music, and being a millennial. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the blendencouragesyou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do, and that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. All right, everyone. So last time we were together, Kiara and I were talking about an artist who had gotten into the music industry and since had to leave it because it compromised his marriage and what he did know about God. So the question that I had for Kiara was, how safe is it for a singer to get into the music industry? So uh, listen in as she weighs in on not just music, but movies as well, and how millennials are liking a different sound these days. Take a listen. Either compromise your state or put it into jeopardy this, you know, financial situation that you've been blessed with. And it's just, I, I just can't imagine how hard it is. And it makes me think of, he's not a singer, it's not that I know of, but um, are you familiar with uh, the actor who did the original Left Behind, uh, Kirk Cameron? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so him and his wife, Chelsea Noble, they are Christian actors and actresses, and they're married. And there is something so interesting to me about Kirk that in any movie that he was married or in a relationship in his character-wise, he refused to actually kiss the woman if it wasn't his wife. Mm. And I thought that was so strange and but sweet at the same time because a lot of actors and actresses, 
are married, but they still, they'll kiss and they'll do all sorts of things with somebody who's outside of their marriage. So I happened to look up an interview he had, and he was talking about how, sure, in this industry, I know it's not the music industry, but he said, in my industry, there's mm-hmm. so many pressure on different sides. But he said, that's one thing that I'm going to remain firm in. And he was just talking about how marriage was just, just so sacred to him, and he didn't want to take it. And he didn't want to entertain the notion of having to kiss someone other than his wife. So he said, I didn't compromise. He said, they had to compromise for me. Mm. So what happened was that whenever he needed to kiss someone, he would physically kiss his wife. And then they do their, you know, movie magic and make it look like the person who's supposed to be acting with. And so when you're asking me the question about um, the young man who was supposed to be married but portraying himself as single... It made me think of Kurt because he's a man who's so, you know, devout in his faith that he's like, nope, I'm not changing. But it's just, you have to wonder, like you said, many people think Christian means, I believe there's a God. So you just have to really wonder how many people really would stand up for their faith in the midst of whatever it is that their industry is pressuring them to do. Yeah, it, it it's... It's serious business, and you know Hollywood is about you know the ratings and the money and all of those types of things, and I I don't know that it's a great place for someone who professes Christ and wants to live it. Um, it's a blessing, you know, for Kurt Cameron to be able to make that choice and not be blacklisted if you will from working and and i know that there are some i believe some christian artists that have um band together if you will and they form their own movie company so that they don't have to mm-hmm. to compromise and you know just going back to montel jordan i believe this was pre you know before he uh gave his life to christ i understand since you know he's left the music industry like that and has gone on to do some other things for the lord you know it's just it's that pressure you know, to to make the money. And, you know, this is where the enemy can come in and, and mess with young minds. And just thinking about this, you know, even music-wise, for gospel artists who have somewhat crossed over. Now, would that be, and again, going back to what you said about uh, Molly Music, Mm-hmm. Is that was that the case for them? Do you think? And you know, again, I'm not familiar with the story. So, did they do some secular music? Is that, or is it just um, it wasn't as Christian as it normally was? Well, I think the thing at the time that this was going on, I wasn't um, a Molly Music listener. Okay, it was actually a young man from my church who was telling me about it because I was, I had just mentioned that I only listened to a song or two from Molly. Um, that's his name. And um, so we got into this whole conversation, and I brought up, I said, well, I heard that he's no longer a Christian artist. And so the man from my church was like, no, that's not the case. It's just that um, his music is more, I think he described it as widespread. So his music sounded secular, like the beats. Um, mm-hmm. You could hear some of the beats from things you hear from the secular industry, but his words and the essence of what his music was saying was still Christian-based. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem was that it was church people who weren't used to hearing the gospel from that kind of um, 
that kind of feel and that kind of sound. Mm-hmm. They may not have fully listened to the words and they might have misconstrued um, Molly's intent and thought that he was crossing over to the secular world. Whereas the guy that I was talking to said that from his viewpoint, he said Molly was still remaining in his faith, but he was just taking his music to those who wouldn't look to traditional, excuse me, church songs and, you know, because gospel music until recently to me had a distinct sound. And a lot of that sound doesn't appeal to people in my generation. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just a shock to the church at that point for music to sound that way. And it kind of tickled me because when we were having this conversation, I mentioned to him, I said, I guess that's how the church felt when Kirk Franklin came out with some of his stuff because from what I understand, I think Kirk has made the church upset quite a few times because his music was just so different and, you know, revolutionary and it didn't sound like traditional church music. And so I've noticed more and more people like Kirk Franklin and Ty Trivet and Molly Music and McCray, they're all taking the words out to different people and presenting it in a way that might interest younger people. Okay, this is an interesting viewpoint, and you you bring up a really good point about how what what appeals to young people, and I think that this is a very it, it's an it's a it's an argument, if you will, that has transcended time because I can remember as a younger person, and again, I'm, y'all y'all already probably know how old I am when I'm talking here. When the Winans came out and with their music, that was a big deal <laughs> because it didn't sound like gospel music. And then I even before that, you know, in, back in my like my mom's time. So um, when I believe it was Thomas Dorsey came out with certain music, people were upset about that. There were drums and things that we you know weren't necessarily used in the church, some instruments that weren't used in the church. And that created a stir, a kerfuffle, if you will. So <laughs> it's, it's an age old thing that goes on. Um, where beats and things change, you know, the words, the lyrics are important. Let me ask this, in in taking things from the world and bringing it to the church, what's your viewpoint on, let's just say, and I'm just trying to think of a song off the top of my head, I don't even know any new ones, so I don't even know why I'm trying it, a song that is notably, let's just say, used... A secular song that has a lot of um, sexual overtones or that the beat is used and, and the words are used. Like, you know the tune. You know it's a song that is sexually explicit. What happens when a gospel artist takes that particular beat, if you will, or those notes, and then pops Christian songs or Christian lyrics to it? What do you think about that as a millennial? Um, now that's the thing. I don't, I don't fully know. I don't think I fully have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. I will say I think. Um, Lord, what was the song? Because I saw a video and it made me laugh. It was a song by Drake that some church had taken and made it into a gospel song. Um, I can't think of it. But here, I'll take another example. Um, you know. R. Kelly's song, um, <laughs> I don't think there's nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. 
there was a church, well, there was a gospel artist who, well, I can't even say he was a gospel artist. He was a singer who was on a Christian television network who made a Christian song out of R. Kelly's song like that. Mm. A lot of people were like, what? Isn't this R. Kelly? But, um... I can't say that I really got offended by that one because to me, I just thought it was funny because, hey, he took an R. Kelly song and tried to, you know, churchify it. I honestly, I kind of chuckled at that. But um, there is a point that I think you do need to kind of stop and reconsider because at no point should you lower the standard of Christ to reach somebody mm-hmm. because to me I think Christ was able to reach a whole multitude of people but he never once lowered the standard of his father in doing so mm-hmm. so um, that that's a really hard question but I did listen to um, there's a woman called BMAC Rights that I follow on social media and YouTube and she started talking about because she got a lot of questions about what she thought of gospel artists doing songs with, you know, notable rap artists who are pretty vulgar in their language. And I'm not going to name any names, but Mm -hmm. there was one recently. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were concerned about it. And she said, I think you have to do your research um, because you wouldn't take one who's openly an atheist and denounces God as a gospel artist and you call them and say, hey, can you do a cover with me? Mm-hmm. And say, I'm just trying to reach more people. That's just something you wouldn't do. So likewise, you have to be careful not to just pull anybody just to pull a certain crowd. And I guess maybe part of it is the music industry, they want gospel artists to do things with secular artists to increase ratings and what have you. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think, well, I'll put it like this. I think God can use anybody to get his message across, but we have to be careful how we present it so we don't give the wrong idea for someone who doesn't fully know Christ. And if they see this gospel artist with somebody over here in the secular world who's glorifying everything that's against God, we don't want to confuse that person and think that it's okay to do both. Like, you don't want them to think it's okay to have Christ, but at the same time I can be over here and sleep around and curse and you know, do drugs and just lie and everything the Bible tells us not to. So I think we have to just be very careful with what we present and how we present it to God's people. Now, you just said a mouthful right there, and and that is my position. Now, y'all hear this. This is an 18-year-old, y'all. This is a millennial talking now, where (laughs) you have to be careful who you align yourself with because, you know, again, the industry is about the dollars. And if you have someone who is very popular in the secular industry and you're hooking them up with someone who is just as popular in the gospel industry that's it's it's money making it's under the guise of trying to reach more people yet to your point you know some of us may be able to take separate the meat from the bones and you know my my brother says you know if the bones are bad then the meat's bad so that's a whole other podcast Um, that's a whole other thing for someone who is seeking Christ or is an atheist or is confused or or what have you what message does that send 
Does it send a clear message? Because if I am aligned with someone who is not dressed properly or talks about what they're going to do once the lights go down or or whatever, and and this is a family show, so, and, you know, we're just going to leave it at that. You all, (laughs) you know, I don't want to get explicit and I wouldn't do it anyway. If this person is talking about God in one breath, and then doing all these other things that are not in line with the word of God, what does that say to the person that's seeking Christ? Why should they have to go any further? Mm-hmm. Why should they have to change their lifestyle? Why should they change the way that they dress? I'm okay the way that I am. And this is a trick of the enemy, especially yeah. with our young people. And, and the not so young ones too, but especially with our young people. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, we, even mm-hmm. church people now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just I think sometimes the church can be our main enemy, and I hate to say that, but I think sometimes we confuse people on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just because I've seen that. I'll watch um, I'll watch a video on YouTube, and it'll be a church service, and they'll go into a praise break, and you know. Me personally, whenever I watch a YouTube video, I can't just sit and watch a YouTube video. I have to read the comments while I'm watching it. And I see so many comments about people saying, this is why I don't understand Christianity. And some of these same people shout like this, look like me, and I'm out, you know, in the club, and I'm having fun the way I am. And so it kind of made me think, like, oh, what are we doing? How are we presenting Christ to others? And are we doing a good job of under- making people understand and Understanding is something that I think a lot of us, even seasoned church people, lack, which is um, it's so funny. It's interesting how God brings things full circle. This morning, I was reading a scripture in Nehemiah, and the chapter where understanding kept coming up over and over and over. And it was in a setting where Nehemiah had all of the people of Israel in one spot, and mm-hmm. it said for everybody to understand in each different verse, it was saying how they read and explained the law in such a way that people would understand so mm-hmm. as there would be no confusion amongst the people. And so now I think it's something for the church, for us as Christians to try to remember that we have to present the word of God in a way that people who don't know can fully understand and there not be any split minds. And it's easier said than done. I struggle with this. Sometimes I'll do things and I'll step out of myself for a moment and people be like, aren't you that aren't you that church girl? Because for me in high school, people referred to me as first lady because they knew that I practically lived at church. And so I had to be very careful. Sometimes I would say things jokingly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't mean anything by it, but somebody would look at me funny like, wait, I thought you were that Christian girl. And... I'd have to remember, oh, wait, <laughs> I can't say everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. You, don't want, you don't want somebody to stumble because of a misspeaker. Mm-hmm. It's because you're having a bad day. And it's hard. I'm not I'm not trying to say that it's easy because Lord knows I'm definitely not perfect and I slip up all the time in that regard. Mm-hmm. But I think we just need to be conscious of that in our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you bring up a really good point with the clarity and the understanding. Let me just go back to what you said also about how we're presenting Christ, because we are very concerned, of course, with how 
the artists are quote unquote mm-hmm. representing Christ and we really need to take a look at ourselves and I agree with you with the oh, Lord help us some of these videos and things with the choreographed praise breaks and I know I'm going to probably <laughs> lose some, some followers for this some of it and you can't tell me about it praise God and it's not a matter of that you know when it there, some of what I see that is video lacks the authenticity of yeah. true praise and worship, and it's more of something it's that footwork and what you're wearing, right? All of that, right? And yes, God knows all. Yes, He sees all. Yes, He knows the heart of the person. Because I can hear folks saying, "Well, only God knows your heart," and that is very true. Um, our hearts should come out of what it is that we're doing and that it should be genuine and not something that is just done to entertain. So we really want to be mindful of what it is that we're doing and what we're saying, how we're acting, how we're dressing, how we're reacting, all of those things, all of those things really are areas that we have to be mindful of, as you were saying, uh, First Lady, <laughs> that, that we have to be mindful of because people are watching. And whether we realize it or not, those of us that profess Christ, we are, some of us will be the only examples of Christ that people see. And are we representing him in a way that brings him glory and that people know that we are who we say we are or do they have to guess depending on the time of the day or if you had your coffee or whatever it is <laughs> whatever your you know self medication is if you will don't talk to me until i have my diet coke or whatever you know do they have to guess as to who we are from time to time and and the enemy is doing a really good job of clouding what a true Christian looks like and we've, we've got to do better all right BCU family we have got to wrap things up for now please stay tuned for part four and the finale of my interview with Kiera Hannon thank you all so much for tuning in and Lord will until we're together again May God bless, keep, make his face to shine upon you and give you peace as you stay on the walk.